Pelvic Posse, and welcome to the Empower Your Pelvis podcast. It's Amanda Fisher. I've helped thousands of people with pelvic floor issues, and it's totally my jam. Here, you can listen to expert interviews encompassing all things related to pelvic health. That's pee, poop, sex, and everything in between. You have a pelvic floor. Yes, you. We all do. And it's time to start talking about these issues that arise, but more importantly, how to improve them. I am so glad you are here to join us. Now let's head into this week's episode of the Empower Your Pelvis podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Empower Your Pelvis podcast. I just got back from a healthcare conference in Clearwater, Florida. It was absolutely amazing. Smart, successful healthcare conference, smart success healthcare conference. And I had the opportunity to speak on stage at the event. So I wanted to kind of share because I realized, like I've always said, my story is or my mission in life is to normalize public health. It's why I have a brick and mortar in multiple states. It's why I have an online platform. It's why I take time to have a podcast with you all. But then I want to kind of tell you how that shifted over the last couple of years. So it used to be prior to 2020, I would go out in the community and host free events to the community to learn about pelvic floor health and how they can improve it. So bladder leakage, I would call it bladder, bladder, what's the matter? Prolapse issues, under pressure, things like that, just to get the word out there that, hey, this is going on and there's help for it. You don't have to live with these symptoms because I know when I was dealing with mine, it felt very guilt-driven. I was ashamed and wanted to hide it, didn't want to talk about it. So really trying to open up the conversation. But when 2020 happened, I had soon found myself having to shift from doing these community events to moving things in a different direction. So when COVID hit March, 2020, I had at that time, a PT employee, so physical therapist, I had my first admin, both of those had been with me for a couple months prior to COVID. And then I had my third employee, a second PT starting March 16th, 2020. So that was the Monday of the week where the world kind of shut down. She started the day that week for her schedule, full of patients. By the end of that day, her first day, we had five patients on her schedule. So long story short, things quickly shifted. We shut down the clinic as we had an at-home order here in Kansas City, I think for two and a half weeks, but we ended up shutting down for eight weeks total to 10, just because of the population that we serve. And I soon found myself figuring out how to really keep a clinic open or how to have a business virtually that was service-based, learning to teach kindergarten virtually to my six-year-old who couldn't read, couldn't figure out the computer, did not know how to use Google Meet, trying to figure out how to keep staff on payroll, how to teach preschool and speech therapy to my four-year-old who was diagnosed with an IEP the Friday before the week the world shut down. And then we had a two-year-old at home. So learning how to potty train him, not virtually and using the outdoors as much as possible, thank goodness. And then my husband who traveled 60% of the year was all of a sudden home. So learning that dynamic too, because we've gotten used to him being gone for like 
five weeks in a row and then being back home for a week and so forth. And so it was just a big learning curve as it was for everyone. And then learning to be like Susie Homemaker because, you know, there was no flour. And then we had to use yeast and do homemade bread because I had growing boys and learning to do art and PE and science while while trying to keep patients virtually. So it was a shit show nonetheless. Um, excuse my language for for anybody listening that has little kids listening. So what got me though, was one day, my kindergartner is on a call with his kindergarten class and I hear the kindergarten teacher. So I'm sitting here with my patient virtually next to me is my kindergartner. And then we've got the four-year-old and two-year-old, I think we're doing like kinetic sand or something on the table across the room. My husband's on a call with his civil engineering team. And I hear the kindergarten teacher say, all right, class, today, we're going to rhyme with the word lit, L-I-T, lit. And Jackson, my nervous Nellie, six-year-old, kind of raises his hand slowly, and she calls on him, Jackson, go ahead and tell us a word that rhymes with lit. So Jackson, I help him, I lean over, unmute his computer, and he quietly whispers, lit. My husband leans across the room. I see him look at me and mouth the words, did he just say what I think he said? And I look back at my husband like, "Uh uh-huh, he sure did. But the teacher did not quite hear him or she thought she misheard him because she fired back with, Jackson, I'm sorry, there must have been some kind of disconnection. And to be honest, like we had a lot of those back then with everybody hopping on Google Meets and everybody working from home. So she thought there was a disconnection and she couldn't quite hear him. So she asked him, Jack, go ahead and speak up a little louder this time and tell us a word that rhymes with lit. And to all the other parents that are listening into their kids' kindergarten virtual call, heard this response. Jackson bellows from deep down and yells, CLIT! C-L-I-T. At this point, I see my husband's jaw drop to the table. His hand slaps against his mouth like, oh my goodness, how are we going to explain this one? And then meanwhile, I notice myself looking at him, giving him a thumbs up because number one, he was courageous by actually doing something. He's my nervous Nelly. But number two, he used pelvic floor terminology and abbreviated it correctly. And I was so proud of that because the boys were learning so much pelvic floor terminology with me doing virtual pelvic floor sessions at home. And he picked up on it and rhymed a word with lit. Very proud of him. But it was because of this moment that I realized my mission of normalizing public health couldn't be done in the community when we were stuck at home at an at-home order. And I needed to shift it during this time. So I moved it onto Instagram and more virtually to continue my mission of normalizing public health and helping people across the world live out my mission of normalizing public health and helping them understand it. So that is where everything kind of stems from why I'm online, why I explain things, why we have these discussions with our kids. Um, And then last night, we got a question on our Wellness Wednesday box saying, you know, a question on like, what's better between cups and tampons? And so I called my husband in on this one to help me answer it. And he, of course, gives some funny response of like, you know, I don't care for either. I don't really need them in my life. However, I did used to wear a cup in baseball. And then it got my attention like, oh, my goodness, Jack is nine and he's pitching for baseball and we don't have a cup for him yet. And so it started this whole spiral conversations between my husband and I. And then you need a certain kind of underwear for these things. And then I'm asking Jackson, who's nine, like, did you know you're supposed to wear a cup? And he's like, what is that? 
do you know if the boys on the team are wearing a cup? And he's like, I have no idea. Do you know their special underwear? And he's just as flabbergasted as I am. So we definitely open up the conversation and have these within our house pretty openly just for awareness. But then with doing so and talking about correct terminology, pelvic floor terminology with our kids too, what I've noticed as a parent is they don't get squeamish around it. And when the nine-year-olds after a basketball tournament this year were playing telephone and some of the other boys were saying words in their conversations for telephone, you know, you're whispering in somebody's ear and then they have to whisper it and then they have to whisper it. But when it came to anatomical words that these boys were throwing out like penis or vagina, and it came to my boys that were hearing it, I could hear the other little boys giggling and Jackson would just be like, guys, that's not funny. That's just the anatomical word for the boy parts, or that's just the anatomical word for the genitalia down there. And he was very upfront and honest, like, this isn't funny. It's just like, and he knows like, and repeated it too, as it's nothing different than like me saying elbow for my elbow or ankle for my ankle. And I'm so proud of him that he just, I don't know, the boys have picked up on these things. It's not funny to say, and they're just, I don't know, growing into strong little men. And I hope that thing can, can, can continue. Goodness, stutter a little bit. And this, so back to the story of me telling that story on stage at an event this past weekend, I had parents coming up to me afterwards, some saying, oh my gosh, thank you for sharing that story. Cause it hit home. Cause our boys have done the same thing where um, they're knowing the anatomical words and they're utilizing them correctly. Or we've also, I ran into some parents afterwards that were like, thank you so much for sharing. It's very inspiring um, that we should start teaching our kids those words too, because we haven't. So I encourage you to do so. I uh, Share it with the kids, just start calling them. It's the normal terminology because it does make a difference. I know definitely here too, we've got a patient who is a foster parent and one of the little kids in their home was molested when they were two and a half or three, I think it was three. And the little girl for it to stand up in court, like she has to say the word vagina. She can't say vajayjay. She can't say any other cutesy words for that area. She has to specifically say like, he touched me at my vagina or in my vagina for that to hold up in court. So Hopefully today, this can inspire you to teach your kids to stick with the anatomical words for everything in the body, promote encourage them to use those words properly. And yeah, let me know if you have any questions on it, comment below if you have any comments. But thank you for so much for joining in on the Empower Your Pelvis podcast today. Hopefully that inspired you a little bit. Please like, comment, subscribe to the show and share this with another parent who could benefit from hearing uh, to use the correct terminology. All right, guys, thank you. Have a great day. Hey, Pelvic Posse, I want to thank you so much for joining into this week's episode of the Empower Your Pelvis podcast. Can I ask you a couple of favors, please? Number one, can you like and subscribe to this podcast so that you can continue to empower your pelvis forever so that you will never miss out? Number two, can you leave us a rating and a review telling them how amazing we are and everything that you have learned about your pelvic health? And then number three, if you haven't seen the video version of this podcast, you can go over to youtube.com forward slash C forward slash empower your pelvis for all your visual learners out there. We have all types of great visuals in there for you to not only listen to, but to also watch. 
Thank you so much again and make sure to give your pelvis some love. Until next time, peace out, pelvic posse.